If you will, bow your heads with me. Dear God, we come to you now. We're thankful for all your blessings. And dear Lord, we just ask that you just allow us to hear your word. The word that has been prepared for us, dear Lord, by you, and speak directly to our hearts, our minds, our souls, and allow us to hear it and discern it in such a way that we can go out and live it and, and be an impact to the people around us and to our homes and to our workplaces, our communities, dear Lord, and we do it all in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. So I'm going to start a, a new sermon series, and uh, I'm going to deal with uh, spiritual growth on a on a personal level, all right? So I think uh, something that we probably all need to reflect on and, and, and always something that should be in a constant conversation with is how can we continue to spiritually grow? Because we know that once you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and accept that, then we believe that you are regenerated, you are made new, and then we believe that you are created into a new creature, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit given to you, Holy Spirit speaks to you, encourages you, um, it, you know, tells you don't do this, go do this, and we know that he does not speak his own words, but he speaks the words given to him by Jesus Christ, who is always operating in the will of God the Father, okay? And then with that, we are justified, meaning that we are declared innocent, and we receive atonement, which means our sins are wiped away, and then we also receive what's called salvation, which means that we will inherit eternal life. And then also that means that we are sanctified, which means that we are made like a saint. And anytime in the Bible when, when the word saint is used, it's either, it's either referred to the, the church or the church in heaven or both. And then we know that to be sanctified is a continual process throughout your life, and that is called sanctification, okay? So with that being said... That is the spiritual journey that a lot of us have gone through. If you have not made that commitment, then um, the first thing that you need to do before you can apply any of these pillars in your life is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, all right, and to start that process. And so here's, here's, the, here's the thing. These are not like the, the five pillars. Uh, you know, these aren't, these aren't just the only pillars to build your life on. Okay, these are five that I'm picking out that, um, that we can apply, apply on a daily basis, and you will receive spiritual growth on these, okay? Because prayer is not going to be one of the, my five pillars and stuff. So, you know, let's don't get tied down into the nit, nitpicking the, the pillars, okay? So um, these are, these, this is a, just a sermon series about five pillars that you can apply on an individual basis, and we can apply it as a church and as individual families and if you apply these pillars to the foundation of your life, you will see spiritual growth. Make sense? Okay. So the one that we're going to talk about today is we're going to start out with sacrifice. And uh, something that, uh, that we need to understand is that at the, at the root of Christianity, at the very foundational, the very beginning, it has to start with sacrifice. Everything that we believe and everything that we receive is built upon the very foundation of sacrifice. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter and in Revelation 13, it speaks to the fact that even before 
the earth was formed, Jesus Christ was our propitiation, our sacrifice. Now imagine that. Before the earth was ever formed, it was already decided and declared that Jesus Christ would be our sacrifice. So even before the foundations of the earth were created, there is the foundation of sacrifice, the element of sacrifice. And we see it all throughout the Bible. And as you know, in Genesis, right after the fall of man, the Bible says that in order to cover their shame, they had that God made a tunic from an animal to cover their shame because they had been naked. And it says there that uh, it was brought from, a, from an animal. So at the very beginning, an innocent animal not involved in any of the sins of Adam and Eve had to give up its life in order to cover their shame. You understand what's being... You understand what's being said there, how that basis is all being laid out there, how plainly spoken that is to us. And then Abel also brought um, the, way that he, the way that he celebrated and the way that he spoke to God was through a sacrifice. And, the, and God respected Abel because of his sacrifice that he made. And when Noah got out and he built, or he got out of the, the ark and you know, he was the only family left and the earth had been destroyed and to start new, the first thing that they did was that they built an altar and performed a sacrifice, all right? So, sacrifice is at the root of Christianity. Everything is built upon the idea of sacrifice. So, thereby, if we are Christians, we have to institute the idea of sacrifice not only into our religious beliefs, but also into our everyday activity. The way that we live, the way that we speak, the way that we act towards our families, it has to be in a sacrificial tone, in a sacrificial manner. A lot of times when I do premarital counseling, um, I talk to them about their words are important, and the, and the way that they speak to each other is important. And we talk about the biggest needs that husband and wives have. And once we identify the biggest need, then the husband has to, everything he says and does and acts has to reinforce that need. And the same thing with the wife. And so with this, at the very root of Christianity is the idea of sacrifice. And so everything that we do, our lives should show that we are living in a sacrificial manner, okay? And now, that goes against everything that you're taught and everything that you're pushed for, you know, like, go get your own. Nobody's going to give it to you, you know? And trust me, I was raised that way, too. I'm Cecil Phelps' grandson, you know what I mean? And uh, I had all those hard talks. But at the same time, even though you can be a hard worker and go out and get it, there has to be an element of sacrifice that exudes from you. Okay, because sacrifice is built on love. So if that's not coming out, then that means that you're not showing love because the Bible says that God is love and those who love God will show love. And the way that they know that we are Jesus' disciples is by the way that we 
love one another, okay? Hebrews says that according to the law, all things must be purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So even in the New Testament, it is hammered home that for things to be set right, for the forgiveness of sin, there has to be sacrifice. Blood has to be shed. And then that is built upon in Leviticus 17, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. And that is why it is being said here. It, it is not only that they are to bring sacrifices back in the old sacrificial system, but he, they are laying the groundwork that the only way to receive atonement, the only way to receive forgiveness is through a sacrifice. And we know that they're setting up the great sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All right? So here it is, the sacrifice of Christ, the doctrine of sacrifice. It's laid out in very plain language in 2 Corinthians. And this is what our salvation, this is what our belief system, this is what your eternal life, this is what your forgiveness, your atonement is built upon. These words for the love of Christ, okay? I, you know how I like to start from, a very, from the very perfect starting point. And I mention this all the time. When we are going to talk about sacrifice, where's the where's this verse start? What's that word right there? Love. Okay? For the love of Christ. So everything that Jesus Christ does, and now we're talking about sacrificing here. So uh, his sacrificial manner is driven through love. For the love of Christ is what compels us. All right, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Okay, so now we're laying the very foundation of sacrifice. And here is the idea of sacrifice. And this is why there is trouble there, why the world can't seem to move forward in a progressive way continually. And the reason is that we have sometimes taken sacrifice and we have removed the love out of it and we have also broken the cycle. So here's the understanding is that Jesus Christ went to the cross to die for each and every one of us. He is our sacrifice. There had to be there had to be a price paid for man's sin. And every man was cursed by Adam and through his sin. So in order to pay for that sin on an individual level, the Bible says that there has to be the shedding of blood. And the blood is put inside of us. So what the understanding is that Christ goes to the cross and sheds his blood for us so that we don't have to shed our blood. And then you say, good, I'm out, right? The answer is no, you're not out. It is a circle of sacrifice. And because you have received sacrifice, guess what you are required to do? Live a life reflective of sacrifice. You live a life in a sacrificial manner because you have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. We can't be unforgiving people because we have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So how can we accept the, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and deny it to our brother? 
We can't, we have to be loving people because we have accepted the love of Jesus Christ. And if the Holy Spirit truly lives in us, then we should be motivated and all of our motives, everything that we have, should be pushed by the idea of love because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. All right? And then it goes on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so that phrase, in Christ, means that we have, we have accepted his sacrifice. We are in Christ. And the idea there really is that Christ is in us. So we have been accepted into the blood, into the sacrifice of love. And because of that, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. So God is in us. And, once, and, and following up on that idea that we talked about right at the very beginning, once that happens, you're a new creation. Okay, all the old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all things are of God because he, who has reconciled us, who has made things right. We had a broken relationship with God because of the sin of Adam and Eve, but he was able to make all things right. And he makes all things right through Jesus Christ. Now how does he do that? Because Jesus Christ died. Because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Make sense? Yeah? It's hard to tell with the mass. <laughs> you guys are just, give me eyes. <laughs> All right. And he has given us, so then, now here, here is the idea, okay? If you, didn't, if you didn't catch it the first time, this cycle of sacrifice. If you thought, well, that was just mentioned at one time, and I don't know if you're really reading it right. Well, here it is. So now we're given the ministry of reconciliation. All right. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And how did that happen? It happened through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All right. So our lives should live in such a manner that we have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And now we are living in a manner that shows sacrificial love, sacrificial grace. And, uh, and let, me, let, me, let me tell you this, okay? There's a difference between sacrifice and accommodating. Okay? I need you to really understand that. All right? Because sometimes, uh, sometimes we have people over or sometimes you have family stay with you or, you know, a kid spends the night or something. Or you, you can't really declare something like that like a sacrifice, you know? When you accommodate somebody, you're making them comfortable. Okay, you have more than what you need, and you're accommodating them. Okay, here's the idea of sacrifice. The idea of sacrifice is that it has nothing truly to benefit you. Make sense? Otherwise, it's not a true sacrifice. So the idea here is that, yeah, it's good to be accommodating. But what we end up doing sometimes is in our minds, in the way that we live, we come up with these ideas on how can we all win? How can I do a little bit for people and still do for me? And what Jesus is saying is that your mindset should be you remove you and insert who you're doing the sacrifice for. 
So if, as a father, if I am trying to, to make Aaron feel good and, and still at the same time take care of my family, there's going to come a time to when I have to choose which is more, most important, to make me feel good or, or to make the, my kids and wife you know, take care of them. And what ends up happening a lot of time is that we slip into these modes to where we are accommodating everybody, including ourselves, and then we make bad decisions that ends up hurting others because we have now gone into a selfish mindset. And let me say this, a selfish mindset is the opposite of a sacrificial mindset, okay? So we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and now we are to go out and live a life, a ministry of reconciliation. That's tough to do. Now then we are the ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. There it is. We have to be the ambassadors. We have to show forgiveness. We have to show love. And we have to do it in a sacrificial manner. And it says that um, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That should be our number, that is our number one goal to go out and preach, make sure that everyone gets saved. For he who made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And there is the underlying foundation of the argument is that you are required, Aaron Phelps is required, to go out and live a life in a sacrificial manner, showing forgiveness to people that have hurt you. Uh, I'm not telling you to go into business with them, you know, or, or start riding around with them or going to dinner, but you have to get to a point where you forgive them. And then you also have to get to a point to where you can show grace, you can show mercy, you can, um, you know, regardless of who walks through that door, we accept them in love, all right? And then we also have to live a life that shows that we are living in a sacrificial manner. That's what the Bible's saying right there. Because Jesus Christ, who was perfect, took every sin that was ever created and will ever be created, he took that on himself. And God turned his face from him. And that's what he did for us. How can we not live a life that can show the same kind of sacrificial manner? All right, so, did I skip one? So let's talk about sacrifice. So now we know what the underlying argument is. We've laid the basis of Jesus Christ is, uh, is our sacrifice. He has been our sacrifice even before the world was created. He was anointed to be our sacrifice. He accepted it. He went and he laid down his life. Nobody took it from him but he laid it down. He is the basis of our sacrifice. And then it says there that let this mind be in you. All right, this is Philippians 2 is my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. All right, you probably know I, I, I bring it up a lot. But it says you should have the mindset. You know, I talk about mindset all the time. You should have the mindset that Jesus Christ had. And this is the mindset that he had. He was God, God the Son. And he had all kinds of powers all kinds of rights, all kinds of things as God that he could do. When he came to earth, all he had to do was blink an eyelash and heaven would have came down and rescued him and taken him up 
in flaming chariots as the angels were whooping the Roman soldiers. You know what a scene that could have been. But he said that it was not robbery, that he was equal to God, and then he would take on the form of man as a bondservant, as a slave, a slave to sin and coming in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, even became obedient to the point of death, even the death on Christ, on the cross. And how did he do that? He did that by having a humble spirit, not exercising his rights, not demanding what is right for him, but because of his sacrificial mindset, he was able to humble himself all the way to the point of giving up his life, his life on the cross, which was a sign that you were a criminal if you died on a cross. There was no other way. Criminals died on a cross, okay? And then we are also talking about it should be, and I made this point earlier, but it has to be a selfless manner. Your sacrifices have to be selfless. This is Jesus Christ speaking he is saying, if anyone desires to be my disciple and to come after me, let him deny himself. What's that mean? What your wants and your cares, you push them aside. Okay? And you take up his cross, your cross daily. You take up your cross that God has laid before you. Okay? And you accept that, you humble yourself, and you say, this is what I have to do, this is what I'm supposed to do, and then you follow him. For whoever desires to save his life, to go out and do what you want to do and live your will and live your life the way you want to do, then it says you'll lose your life doing that. But if you are able to die daily and to accept the, the cross that has been laid before you, pick it up, and carry that and live the life that Jesus Christ has laid before you, then you will truly, truly save your life. And that's Jesus Christ speaking right there. And it has to be a living sacrifice. Romans says, I beseech you, I declare, I can't encourage you enough, beseech, that's what that means. I, I encourage you so much that by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What does that mean? That means that each and every day it is required of you to give up your will. This is the point in the service where I say your job as a Christian is to wake up every morning and before your feet hit the floor, you should say a prayer of emptying and say, dear Lord, empty me of me. The Holy Spirit is in me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and then allow me to go out and be a living sacrifice where I have laid down my will. I have laid down my life. I have laid down what my wants and needs are. And I am going to live the life that you have presented before me. I'm going to pick up the cross that you have laid down before me. How many times, and don't raise your hands, how many times have you stepped over that cross that is laid before you as you get out of bed each and every morning? You step over it. Because you don't want to pick it up. I'm telling you, it's not easy. And you can't do it on your own. I'll remind you, we don't preach humanism here. My job is not to make you a better human. My job is to tell you that you can't do it alone. You can't do it as a human. The only way you can do it is to have the Holy Spirit in you. Providing the strength. Providing the direction. Providing everything that you need. Okay? And it has to be a submissive sacrifice. 
because we have to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always in all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord and Jesus Christ, because He is our sacrifice. He is the one who paid the debt. Submitting, here's the other problem right here, okay? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. We don't like that word submit, do we? Do you know that sometimes uh, in premarital counseling, I have to spend some time because we talk about submitting and they get this look like, mm, yeah, we're not still doing that, are we? <laughs> how, let me ask you this. How do you become a sacrifice if you're not willing to submit? How does that happen? Huh? How are you able to ever be humble if you can't submit? Huh? How does that happen? How do you ever forgive somebody who won't ask for forgiveness and probably won't accept forgiveness? How do you get that cleared up inside of your spirit if you're not willing to submit to the Holy Spirit leading you to do it? How does Jesus Christ go to the cross if he doesn't submit to the will of God the Father? How do you ever receive Jesus Christ as your Savior if you don't submit to him that you are a sinner in need of saving? Pride goeth before the fall, right? Huh? So I'm telling you that if we're going to build a church, if we're going to build a healthy church, if we're going to build a healthy family, if we're going to build a healthy country and nation and world, then sometimes it needs somebody who's got a little bit of strength in them to be willing to submit themselves to make things better. Amen? Okay. Making sure you guys were with me there. And it has to be a faithful service. Okay? And I love this verse. There are so many who have died. They were on the path. They had been given the vision of the promise that God gave them, and yet they didn't live long enough to see the fulfillment of the promise, but yet it didn't deter them from trying to achieve the promise. They were able to live a faithful life, submitting to the promise, not needing to know that it was going to be fulfilled in their lifetime, but they were willing to give up their life so that others after them could achieve the prosperity, the promise, the blessings that God had promised them. And it has to be a loving sacrifice. You knew I was going to end with that, right? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why did Jesus Christ go to the cross? Because God demonstrated his love to each and every one of us by sending his son to the cross to be our sacrifice. And Jesus Christ faithfully, lovingly submitted to God the Father and became our sacrifice. It's our job it's our job to live a life in a sacrificial manner. Quit thinking about yourself. Put your family first. Ask God, what, what can I do for you? Here am I, send me. How can I serve more? How can I be a blessing to others? 
I'm, I'm with you sometimes. It's all about me. Like, hey, can you help me out? I'm struggling. Can you do this for me? I need this, this, and this. And I need it by Thursday because weekend's really busy. All right? So I'm asking you to stand with me this morning. The altar's always open. Be respectful. If you come up, you know what I mean. All right? But the altars are always open. This is, this, this is a tough deal. But it's at the basis of everything we believe. Sacrifice, you can't overestimate the importance of what sacrifice in Christianity means. So I'm gonna open up the altars to you this morning. If you feel led to come down and pray about something, come down. If you've never met Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't wait another minute. Thank you for tuning into Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.